It's twisted. It's MTV's first movie. This summer, spend the night at Joe's apartment. Sex, bugs, and rock and roll. I gotta get out of here. Joe's apartment, rated PG-13. You like it, the juice? You like it, the juice? Uh, see, when I open the can, because I rarely open the can, but when I open the can, then I forget to say you like it, the juice. Uh, well, you have poor timing because um, I was waiting for you to be ready to do this, and I had already opened a can. So now I have two open cans, which means it's going to be a double good podcast, I suppose. You could have just told me. I would have just opened the can and pretended that it was you opening the can. Oh, yeah. I guess since you said you had a can. I, well, I guess it's just tradition. I just have, I need to open a can. That's how I know that the thing's starting. Uh, welcome to Saturday Night Jive, where we talk about Saturday Night Live and Saturday Night Live related movies. Except this week, because uh, we're watched, we watched Joe's Apartment. Um... So this is this has happened multiple times. Uh, this podcast is uh, about SNL related movies. Where you know, for years and years, we we pick movies with SNL cast members, and then Ben goes, "Oh, all these movies suck. We need to change formats. Let's watch Joe's Apartment," and the podcast is instantly better. Okay, here's the thing. I don't know if I've ever explained this. As succinctly as I'm about to, uh, as far as the logic behind my my non-SNL picks, I feel like I go after movies that feel like SNL movies, or at least feel like podcast movies. They feel like the kind of movies that we would watch for the podcast if they had an SNL person, they just don't happen to have one. And I feel like that applies to Joe's Apartment. Absent us actually seeing it and realizing it's the worst movie ever made, I feel like both of us would have agreed that Joe's Apartment... Seems like the quintessential Saturday Night Jive movie in how fucking crazy you would have assumed it would be. And I would say it was crazy, but you know, not good. But that's also yeah. a Saturday Night Jive podcast thing. It's not good. Yeah, but like, I think that what happens, like Fred Armisen steers us to the, the, the right movies. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he never has and he never will. <laughs> like. When fucking uh, Horatio Sands is in a movie, you know, it steers us to to uh, quintessential films like uh, Tomcats, also starring Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Um, I don't know if I like him or if I just want to like him. He seems like he'd be a good dude if you met him, like, in person. But I don't know that I've ever, like... I don't, I've never hated him, but I don't think I've ever, like, enjoyed his performance specifically where I went, that Jerry O'Connell, he's a great actor. Don't think that's ever been a thing I've ever said except for just then, hypothetically. Yeah, it's always a thing where it's like, oh, yeah, no, I like Jerry O'Connell. And then I watch any Jerry O'Connell movie and I'm like, no, I fucking don't. Why do I think I do? Well, like, I have sort of nostalgic fond memories of because I watched Sliders when I was a kid, which he was the star of. And... Like, I mean, I still like that show, or at least I liked that show. I haven't watched it in years. I don't know how well it holds up. Probably not well, like a lot of 90s sci-fi shows. But at, when I look back on it, it's like, yeah, anybody probably could have played the lead guy in Sliders. Yeah, I think I liked him because he was uh, like a fat kid made good, you know, because he was the, the fat kid in Stand By Me, and I was a fat kid growing up. And then, like, he got, you know, all in shape and shit, and I was like, oh, fuck, maybe there's hope for me, too. I feel like he got in better shape than you ultimately did. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I slimmed down in college, too. I mean, it happens. Don't worry, fat kids. I mean, he got to marry Rebecca Romaine nay Stamos, whereas uh, 
I, don't, I mean, your wife's okay, I guess. Oh, my wife's a beautiful lady. <laughs> Fucking dent in her chin now uh i can tell that we should tell that story because you almost (laughs) fucking died on your way to watching joe's apartment apparently (laughs) i can tell that story because i got shit nothing to say about joe's apartment so uh what happens is last thursday night at around 12 15 a.m after my wife has taken her sleep gummies that like knock her the fuck out wait you're saying sleep gummies because you don't want to say weed gummies uh no they're melatonin gummies oh okay yeah, no, they're just like little sleep aids. And then she takes these at night. And then in like 20 minutes, she's out like a light. And I I either go to bed then or I stay up and watch fucking TV. My passed out wife is laying right next to me. But she t- has already taken her gummy. And we get an alert on our phone like, oh, uh, this is not a fucking drill. Get in your basement now. There's a tornado outside. Like, no shit. Get the fuck down in your basement. So we're like, oh, okay. So we get out of bed. We go down to the basement. I get the dog down in the basement. And then we're just sitting in the basement on the dining room chairs that I brought down that are like high top chairs. And then we're just sitting there and I'm like, should I, maybe I should have brought like some fucking candles down here in case the power goes out or some waters or something. And then as soon as I say that, the power goes out. So now we're in pitch black darkness in the basement. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go upstairs, get some candles and some snacks and a water, and I'll be right back. When I get back down with the candles and the uh, the water that I brought, I'm guiding my way with my flashlight on my cell phone, and my wife is just laying on the floor, and there's just blood on her face. And my first thought was, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, what a great joke you have pulled on me right now. You found something down here, maybe a package of ketchup, and you put it on your face to look like blood. Ha ha. And so I'm like, are you, I'm yelling at her. I'm like, are you shitting me? Like, is what, are you, what happened? What happened? What happened? Because I don't know what happened. Apparently she just fell the fuck asleep. She was sitting in a high top chair, fell asleep and just landed on the concrete and must have cut her chin on like a dent in the concrete floor or something. So I panic. I run upstairs to grab some uh, washcloths, like wet washcloths to like wipe the blood up off her face. And then I run downstairs and now she's totally naked. And so I'm like, okay, well, this is where the impractical jokers come out, right? Like the guys come out and be like, ha ha ha. Is this like an ambient thing at this point? I mean, it's not ambient, it's melatonin, but like, is it like sleep fugue? I think so. From what she recalls is she says she, I, I was hot. So I took my clothes off. And she didn't know where she was because, like, when I came downstairs and I was like screaming at her, she thought she was still in bed. She could, she was like, I remember you coming downstairs and thinking, Why are you coming downstairs to the bedroom? That doesn't make any sense. So now she's totally naked, and I'm like screaming, I'm like, What the fuck is happening? What the fuck is happening? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And now I think she might have like a concussion or something. So I call 911, except. There's no cell service at all, so none of the calls are going through. So I'm like, honey, I have to get you to the fucking hospital, like, right now. I don't know what's going on. You're naked on the basement floor covered in blood. So I I finally get her up the stairs, and I'm like, all right, we're going to go to the hospital. Uh, I turn around for a second, and then she falls down again. Like, Oh, Jesus. She's in the kitchen. She falls, like, in the kitchen counter, or, like, the corner of the kitchen, so she like leans up against the wall and slides down and I I think she's fucking dead. So I'm like, I go down and I like, I, I'm shaking her and screaming at her and I'm like, oh, fuck God, what the fuck? God, God, God. And then the weirdest thing, I finally say, 
I'm like just screaming stuff and I'm shaking her and I go, this is a dream. This is a dream. And then she instantly snaps awake. Like her eyes open up and she goes, okay. And now I'm like, you are fucking with me. Like this is all, you were joking the whole time. She concocted a tornado somehow. This is the most hilarious joke. But then I'm also like, I just said, this is a dream. And then you woke like, did I just fucking wake up? What the fuck just happened? This is absurd. That my wife fell down on the concrete floors during a fucking tornado that's outside. So finally, I, I'm like, okay, honey, you fell down. I think you might have a concussion. We have to get you to the hospital. And she's like, yeah, okay. And so I, I get her up, walk her naked ass out to the car, grab the clothes that she was wearing, throw them in the car. And I'm, I don't know where the fucking hospital is. And so I'm like, where's the hospital? And she's like, well, go look it up on your phone. And I'm like, there's no fucking cell service. Like, I can't. And then she's like, drive to school because she's a resident. She works near a hospital. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's right. So I drive to her school where there's a hospital. Turns out there's a hospital like right across the street from me that I could have gone to that <laughs> I learned later. So good lesson. Know where the, emer- the closest emergency room to your house is in case you need that information at one point. But then I'm, there's a fucking tornado. So I'm driving my wife. I have my cell phone flashlight up to her eyes because I'm like, don't fall asleep. Just keep talking to me. Keep talking to me. And I'm dodging debris. There's like trees in the, luckily it's 1230 at night. So there's nobody on the road, but all the power, all the traffic lights are out. I'm driving like a fucking maniac. I get to the emergency room. I pull up right in front of it. And I think it's going to be like ER or like fucking St. Elsewhere where they like pull the gurney out. I'm like, Rolling down the window. My wife, she fell down. I think she has a concussion. And then these two security guards are like, okay, you you want a wheelchair or something? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, all right, we'll go park your car over there. Like calm as calm can be. And then I'm wheeling my wife into the emergency room in the wheelchair. And I'm like, I think she has a concussion. And they're like, how you spell her last name? <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, and then I find out later that this emergency room must be frequented by huge drug addicts because one guy burst in with a guacamole infection. So I'm like, okay, these people probably don't jump out of their seat unless they see, like, a gunshot wound. But yeah, then they checked her vitals and everything. They gave her two stitches and she's she's good to go. But craziest night of my life. I mean, it's it is pretty insane i where do you live in cleveland do you live like on the prairie or something what the f- i thought tornadoes didn't come through cities i we had like crazy weather for like three days straight where it was like lightning storms and shit and then uh there was no tornado here but like probably like 20 minutes away a tornado touched down so it wasn't a joke but like at least we didn't get the worst of it because yeah my understanding was like cities generally because it's just the way like buildings are like it's like it doesn't let the wind collect like that. Right? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what, what do you think I am? A meteorologist? Well, because like Tornado Alley is like a bunch of like rural Appalachia and shit. You know, it's not like big cities. As far as I... Maybe I don't know anything about tornadoes. That's also possible. Yeah, I think you can have tornadoes anywhere. Maybe. I, I, I guess that's always been in the back of my mind is like, anytime I see a tornado warning, I'm like, well, that's never going to affect me. I live in a city. But maybe I've just been fooling myself. Uh, no, I, th- well, it, I don't know. It was weird. Like we had like flash flood warnings and stuff like, and like nothing hit my area, but like apparently downtown Cleveland, like the highways were flooded and shit. Jesus. So fucking global warming, all that shit. 
Well, I mean, obviously, a harrowing story. I'm glad both of you are alive and that your your lovely wife isn't horribly disfigured. Um, at least as far as I know, you could be lying about the severity of it. She might be like that kid from Mask. Um, and uh, she, I, she must have just like fell out of the chair and then like onto the concrete and hit her chin or something because she had like a bruise that went away in a day and then. And then the other thing was like when I wheeled my wife into the hospital, I was like, she fell down on the on the concrete. My wife was still loopy, so she was like, I fell down the stairs, and they're like, okay, how did you fall down this? And I was like, no, she didn't fall down the stairs. She fell, and I'm like, fuck, they think I beat my. I was gonna wife. say, yeah. <laughs> now I gotta play this like cool. <laughs> Which when you start playing it cool, that's when they suspect you even more. Like, why know, is it so no. cool? No, I remember everything that happened. My wife doesn't remember a call that well. Well, while I was in the other room, not beating my wife, I... <laughs> I left the room for a second, and then she was naked on the floor. That's all I know. Uh, but obviously, harrowing situation. Very important thing in your life recently. Uh, but even more important, before we get to Joe's apartment, do you want to talk about the big news of the week? Oh, what's the big news of the week? Sorry, I say what's the big news of the week, and you say what's the big news. That doesn't make any sense. Obviously, you saw the trailer for Good Burger 2. No, no, I have not. I knew they were making it, though. Oh, see, I didn't know they were making it. I just they came out with a trailer. There's a fucking Good Burger 2 coming out. Yeah, and uh, they kind of teased that on SNL, too. Kel Mitchell made a cameo appearance this season. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I I just, I feel like, because I know we're going to have to watch it when it comes out. Of course we're watching Good Burger 2. Do you think it's like, it's still for kids? Like, it's still a Nickelodeon joint? Or do you think it's like for the adults that grew up with Good Burger, and it's going to have a bunch of dirty sex jokes in it? I think it's going to be the filthiest, raunchiest film you've ever seen. Do you think Sinbad is in it, though? That's what I want to know. I mean, I should hope. I should hope he has the afro. Or maybe has he gone up a few decades? Like, like it's he's aged. You know, so like they're rebooting King of the Hill, but it's like they've aged 20 years or whatever. Like, is, is he now in the 90s instead of the 70s? Oh, no, I think he goes backwards. <laughs> oh, okay. So he's in like the 1800s? Yeah. He's just in a big George Washington wig. See, I was thinking he'd be in the 90s and he'd just be regular Sinbad. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. Uh, no, I think Keenan fucks Kel in this one. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, and, and Yeah, fucking good. What's, what's... People. People. I know you got nostalgia for shit. Some people might have nostalgia for Joe's fucking apartment. Doesn't mean it's good. Uh, Good Burger 2 was far from the worst thing we've watched. I have some fond memories of some aspects of it. Abe Vigoda I laughed at. Uh, it has a fun George Clinton dance number. I liked some of the Kel stuff. I, you know, I, I liked I liked his sweet innocence. I, I enjoyed... I, I'm going to say that's a mid-movie. It's neither terrible nor... Well, I'm certainly not great, but I, I don't want to knock on Good Burger. I mean, it's no Joe's apartment. Oh, it's fucking... Citizen Kane next to fucking Joe's apartment. God damn it. Okay, let's I, let's get into this shit. Joe's apartment. Um okay, so I'm watching this movie and I know it's got like bugs and roaches and shit in it. Um and the whole like for the first 20 minutes I'm like, when are the when are the roaches going to come in to play in this film? They're in the first scene. You texted that to me like I'm waiting for the roaches. They're in the first fucking scene. They sing a song oh, no. to introduce the movie. Right, but then, like, they disappear for a little bit. Like, when he first gets to his apartment, they're, like, in the woodwork, and they're like, oh, look at him, and I'm like, okay, there's the roaches. But then it's a while before they, like, 
you know, make uh, like are part of the the film, I guess, in, in like a major way. And then when they showed up, I'm like, I fucking hate these goddamn fucking roaches. The thing that's supposed to sell you on this movie is the roaches. The the thing that was taking me out of the movie was the fucking roaches. I was almost enjoying the story around the roaches just because it didn't have these fucking cartoon roaches in it. What? What was the story you were enjoying? Was it was it Mr. Shit, the shit artist? Or was it uh, the yeah, fucking, it, he's got a crush on a girl he saw on a bus one time? What, what was the story you were loving? Look, it's not like I would love that story if I watched it in a movie that didn't have cartoon roaches every like five minutes. But when I'm watching that and then every five minutes there's fucking cartoon roaches, I'm like, can we get back to the... The shit band and the piss factory, and he's working at Retardo's Pizza. Like, I want more of this, please. And then when that came back, I'm like, oh, good. Okay, a love story between these two people I don't give a fuck about. Oh, fuck, roaches again! And I don't want to criticize you too much for what you got out of this, because this... I, I, don't, I can't say worst movie. I don't think it's as bad as Bucky Larson. I, I don't know. Is it worse than The Pest? Maybe? I think I enjoyed it less. I think with The Pest, at least, I had Jeffrey Jones, who I liked. Whereas this, I don't think I had anything I liked in this movie. And the stuff the, I didn't like, I fucking hated. Yeah, The Pest at least had a story that you could follow. Like, it's got a natural ending. This one is just a bunch of dicking around and shit. Like, I, I couldn't tell, you know, oh, what's... Okay, I'm, there's, I'm sure there's going to be a happy ending to this, but what what's... What's going to happen? Like, nothing's fucking happened in this hour-long film I've just watched. I mean, there's a, there's a, I would say, significant subplot where Jerry O'Connell's whole thing is he has to go around the city collecting as much poop as possible that he finds. Uh, um, yeah. He does collect some poop. There is a montage of him collecting poop to impress a lady. And then it's like, okay, I mean, I get at least the logic of she runs a garden. She's like, we need fertilizer. So he's like, I'm going to woo this woman by giving her a big bag of poop. It's a dumb joke, but it's a dumb movie. So yeah, I get it. And then like a couple scenes later, he's like, I need to get a job. What if my job is collecting pee? Because collecting poop, I was so good at that. Clearly, I'll be good at collecting pee soaked up in urinal cakes. Because this movie wants to fucking compel me to suicide. Yeah, and then the the company he works for is is P I S S piss, and then the band that he goes into is just shit. I missed the what that anagram was. It's not an anagram, it's the dude's last name. No, I know that. I mean, I meant piss. Was it at least clever, whatever piss stood for? Or was it just... Oh, I can't remember. Like, I, I'm assuming piss. it's like, yeah, like something, something sanitation system or something. I don't know, but Jesus fucking Christ. And, yeah. And, none, and as you'll notice, none of that shit we're talking about has anything to do with goddamn roaches. No, and honestly, like, the roaches, they're, okay, so they're cartoon animated little roaches, and they speak kind of like in chipmunk voices like it's very sped up uh, apparently billy was, west's first feature film yeah and it was sped up to the point where like I, it was instantly turning into white noise so everything that involved the roaches i couldn't fucking tell you what was happening because i was just like glazing over for that and then don ho would show up and i'm like okay i can follow this robert von don ho subplot yeah it's like i 
I've always talked to dad about South Park because I think like his sense of humor would really drive with that show. I feel like he'd really love it. And every time I say you should watch it, he's like, oh, yeah, but their voices are just so annoying. I can't pay attention to it. And I get that. But like, I really get it now because it's like not that I think I would like this if I understood what the Roaches were saying. But like so much of it was just like trying to keep up with these speed up, sped up, shitty, high pitched voices. And I just yeah, it, it was just it was like you said white noise. It was like fucking nails on a chalkboard. It just kept hitting my brain. Yeah, because they're speaking in a lot of one-liners, too. So, like, there's a fight between the roaches and the goons, and it's just like, Ooh, funny joke, funny joke, funny joke, funny joke, funny joke. And I'm like, I can't fucking, I can't deal with any of this shit, man. And also, I got the distinct feeling that a lot of that shit was, well, I guess I ad-libbed, obviously, but, like, it's because it's all ADR. And I feel like this is that kind of movie where it's like, our movie sucks. Billy West, can you just say random one-liners that we'll put in the background? Because there's not even any lip sync, so it's like, they can be saying fucking anything. Yeah, and then they just animate the bugs. Because, yeah, the bugs don't even have mouths. So it's like, <laughs> they don't have to, yeah, you can just throw jokes at the wall at this movie. Um, yeah, I did not uh, I did not care for this shit at all. Um, but <laughs> when I'm watching the opening credits of a movie and Don Ho's name shows up, I was like, oh, so like there's going to be a scene where they go to like a luau and then just Don Ho is playing himself. No, Don Ho is playing like a mob boss. Yeah, and that that was the thing. Because I saw Don Ho in the credits as well. And I don't think I've ever seen Don Ho before. I'd like to know what he looks like. But there's only one character in this movie that could possibly be Don Ho. And I watched the entire movie and I was like, where the fuck was Don Ho? Oh, he's probably the one Hawaiian guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know who Don Ho is, he was like this Hawaiian singer and he had his hit was Tiny Bubbles. And it was just this like, tiny bubbles, tiny bubbles. And then he's also the father of Hoku, who sang the theme song to Snow Day. I was going to say that. That's two connections to previous podcasts, Hoku and Jerry O'Connell from Tomcats. Uh, yeah, two uh, shitty movies we watched that do have SNL cast members in them. So they're, they're, even, they're more worthy in my eyes, I say. I'm trying to think what you will even pick for the next episode like is there a, is there an snl episode that could possibly connect to this in any way uh no jerry o'connell never hosted rob did robert vaughn host i think he did it seems odd that robert vaughn would ever be in a movie that he would want to promote on snl i think he hosted in the 80s i can't remember um was there ever robert vaughn is introduced uh wearing ladies uh underwear is that ever brought up again no, Robert Vaughn's character was weird in this because he's playing a character that he's played in a lot of movies before, like the evil industrialist who's just like the big corporate antagonist for the uh, a dumb comedy. Yeah, we saw him play that part in Superman three. Exactly, but he's I feel like he's been in a lot of like National Lampoon movies and shit doing the same stuff. But in this one, it's like it almost, and it's not deliberate. It's just a. They can't even write that bad plot right. But like he's through the whole movie, he's like, I want to clear out this apartment so I can build my prison. And then his he's turns out his daughter is the girl Jerry O'Connor has a crush on. And then at the end, he he completely turns on a dime. He's like, oh, no, I like that there's a garden here instead of my prison. Like he doesn't get defeated. He changes his mind, which like it would be refreshing if I thought that was like an intentional subversion of that trope. But it's not. It just sucks. Well, I think it's just like he chose his uh, his daughter's happiness over his own, and then he realized that the the garden is more beautiful than the prison, and that will uh, 
enhance the neighborhood because I guess he grew up in the neighborhood as well. I'm diving too deep into the character psyche of Robert Vaughn's character in Joe's apartment. But like that kind of character typically doesn't make that kind of change. Like they usually, you know, get told off by their daughter and the, or whoever, and then they, you know, they just are the villain at the end still. This like the, the fact that they like redeemed his character was so weird to me because it happened in this movie that isn't good at all. Uh, yeah, well, and then that that's why I think you needed the Don Ho character to be even a bigger villain. You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, but that's weird. Can we get back to the fact that fucking Don, Don Ho is not an actor? I was trying to think. Has he been anything? I didn't bother to look anything on IMDb. No. This is very similar to the other Jerry O'Connor movie we watched, Tomcats, where it's just like Bill Maher is the fucking mob boss for some reason. Why is that a thing in Jerry O'Connor movies where the mob boss is played by some rando guy? Hey, Bill Maher, Bill Maher was in Pizza Man. He was in uh, Cannibal Girls of the Avocado Jungle. And Don Ho's been in Joe's Apartment. <laughs> uh, I just saw a movie. I was looking up a movie. I can't remember what it was called now. It's like a time travel movie. Uh, with Bruce Abbott, the other guy from Reanimator that isn't Jeffrey Combs, and he's a cop that goes back in time. And I guess it was a pilot for a TV show that they turned into a TV movie. And he meets his his father, who's also a cop. And the, the premise is like his cop was like a super cop, but he meets him before then, and he's got to train him. But the the cop father from the past is played by Bill Maher, and it's like I don't, I'm not, I was never gonna believe that casting for a second. No, actors should be in movies. Support the SAG strike, goddammit. We need actors. Well, that's if their... nothing has taught us that, it's that Bill Maher can't play fucking mob bosses. That's the studio's plan. If they can't get the the AI working to, to deepfake everyone, they're just going to have Don Ho play everybody? <laughs> it's just going to be Don Ho and Bill Maher in every fucking Marvel movie now. Captain America 4, New World Order, starring Don Ho as both Captain America and the leader. Huh? Oh, yeah, no, fucking, put a fucking actor in that part so I can be like, so I'm not going, why, that's fucking Don Ho. Ah, Mr. Bianco. Oh, check it out. Please, Senator, just call me Alberto. Have you brought me good news, Senator? My second to the last tenant has just taken flight, Senator. We two saw her off personally. Wonderful, I'm sure she'll love the Florida condo you bought her. Nothing is too good for my tenants. How about your last tenant? We've made his final arrangements. <laughs> now soon the building will be yours. You know, sorry, can we go back to Don Ho for a second? Of course. You said let's put an actor in that role. What's the point of that role? Why do they need a boss? Can't Robert Vaughn just be their boss? Well, I think you... you I said you have the Don Ho character, that way you can redeem the Robert Vaughn character. It's not as big of a stretch, because Robert Vaughn's motivation, I think, is mostly just money. Um, and then, you know, when he sees the garden, he's like, oh, well, you know, this, this kind of warms my heart. Don Ho, he wants that prison for, you know, uh, money. He like, he doesn't give a shit about it. But, but he doesn't stand to gain anything from the prison being built. He's just getting paid by Robert Vaughn. So once Robert Vaughn says, I don't want the prison anymore. Oh, wait. Don Ho has yeah. no incentive. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. This... In fact, yeah, Don Ho's job is just to murder Jerry O'Connell. I don't know about you, George, but I'm starting to think that Joe's apartment doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, you cast Don Ho in a, in a fucking part that doesn't even goddamn make sense. Um, and then the the only other part of this movie I uh, even remembered after watching it an hour ago, David Huddleston. You know that guy, the big fat. He's the big fat guy who's the boss at the Piss Factory from uh, uh, Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I just, I thought that scene was weird when Jerry O'Connell is interviewing for the job at the piss factory. David Huddleston is like, oh yeah, I went to high school with your mom. And then they just do like seven jokes in a row of like, does your mom still wear her hair in that sexy way? Does she still do those little dances? Your mom was the hottest tomato in school. Does your mom still wear her hair in that sexy way? Does uh, mischief still sparkle in her eye, that minx? Mommy still got that saucy swing to her hips? Did mommy ever give you a sponge bath? It was just, it was a bizarre scene, and I, I didn't know if he had anything to say about no, it. Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of shit like that in this movie where it's like, if I wasn't so beaten down by the crap factor of the entire film, I probably would have more to say about it. But not, like, I mean, the only thing I have to say about that character in general is he's one of two characters. Uh, the other being, whatever his name was, Bob Shit, whatever the fuck, <laughs> the artist. Where I was like, at the end, I was like, I wish I would have just seen an entire movie with those characters as the protagonist. Like, a guy who runs a urinal cake factory or whatever, like, what's his life like? Or or the the, the performance artist with the shit name, last name Shit who lays on a sidewalk for two days to see if anybody will help him. Like, I feel like that's, like, those are in two more interesting movies than a guy gets into an apartment with roaches. Well, yeah, and then, like I said, the roaches, I fucking hate every scene with the roaches in it. If you got rid of the roaches, I think this movie's just better. Just a guy living in a shitty apartment who's trying to make his way. That can be a fucking movie. Sure. Low stakes, but whatever. Get some fun characters like the this random uh, performance artist guy. Then you get yourself a little enjoyable flick. These fucking roaches, every time they were on screen, I fucking hated them. To the point where anything that didn't involve the roaches, I was like, I, I think I like this. This could be a good film. Well, and yeah, and there were like that was '90s was like the independent movie boom. I feel like you could have done a movie that was just like a bunch of characters in the city doing stuff. Like you didn't have to have the hook of shitty uh, stop motion animated roaches that suck. Yeah, no, the, the the roaches just fucking take this movie uh, down. Or I would say the only like fix I could make for this movie is like don't set it in New York City. Make it just absurd and set it in the big city and just make everything like fucking generic, almost cartoon-like. So that way it matches with the roaches. Because that was the other thing, when the roaches start singing and dancing, it's a completely different movie than everything else. It's almost like they had this movie without roaches and they're like, well, how the fuck are we going to sell this to... Hey, how about put some cartoon roaches in that thing? See, I I would argue it is more cartoony than you're giving it credit for. Because I... And fucking settle down for this. Fucking strap in. Because I'm going to get a little deep and philosophical here with Joe's apartment. Because I, I realized something. Because there's a part where uh, he tries to call 911 and they're like, put him on hold. And then he's like, okay, I can't call 911. I guess I'll call the complaint department, which, as far as I understand, is not a thing anywhere ever. Like, cities don't have just general complaint departments. I bought it. But like that's a th- but then the complaint department is just a bunch of angry, bitter people who just put you on hold. You know, then you just call and they say, "Okay, what what's your problem? I don't care. I put you on hold." And that's when I realized what this movie is trying to get across with the atmosphere and the environment of the city. Like the, when he first starts, he gets robbed like three times in a row. You know, and he has to work at a piss factory because that's the only job he can get. And then the whole thing about the roaches and just how surreal that whole experience is. 
It's Kafka-esque. Remember Franz Kafka, who wrote that classic short story about a guy who turns into a giant roach? I see where you're going. Am I imagining that connection, or is that deliberate? Um, No, I think you're imagining it. (laughs) I don't give the makers of Joe's apartment any credit whatsoever. Because I I feel like it's too perfect. And I don't think that the writers of this movie understood that necessarily. But I think somebody at the production stage probably said, Guy and Roaches, Guy and Roach, Metamorphosis, Kafka, Kafka Kafka-esque. I think somebody made that connection at some point in this process. And it's just in there in the background because they hired some fucking hack to be like, Hey, what if he collects poop? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you think... You think the poop came after? See, I think they started with the poop. I think they were like, hey, let's have a, a movie about a guy who just walks around collecting poop. And then they just added the roaches later. Well, we should say this this movie was based on a series of MTV shorts. This is the first MTV original film, apparently. Yeah. And uh, th- it was based on a series of shorts. I I don't know if they were liquid television shorts or just like interstitials or what, but... I don't remember them. Neither do I. And I remember hearing that when this movie came out is that they were based on some shorts. And I'm like, I've never seen those shorts before. Because I watched a lot of liquid television. I was a big fan of that show. And I feel like I would remember these if it was part of that. I watched The Brothers Grunt. I feel like I would remember the fucking roaches. I'm just watching the movie in the background again. And uh, this this scene, why is this scene in the movie? When the the artist guy is like, do you play drums? And Jerry O'Connell's like, no. And then he's like, oh, perfect, join my band. And then so he joins the band Shit, um, which did you see Moby in the background? I did not. Was Moby actually in this fucking movie? This would have been way before Moby was big, wasn't it? Um, I I think he was getting big around 96, but he's like the DJ at at the club. And he's just like, hey, everybody, it's Shit. And that's Moby. Ladies and gentlemen, it's loud, it's bad. I, I remember that line. I don't remember seeing him and going, oh, that's Moby. I mean, I'll be honest. I was a bit checked out with this movie after a point. Oh, I recognize Moby. Well, this was the part of the movie I was interested in. Because then he gets up on stage and he, he can't play the drums. And so he like drums real badly. And then the artist guy, I guess that was all part of the the performance. You know, this guy's like an out there conceptual artist guy. So he wanted to bring this guy on stage to play the drums badly. And then like everyone mock him like that's the show, I guess. I guess. And I, I liked that. But then, like, roaches came on the screen, and I was like, oh, shit, I was kind of enjoying this. I don't know. I feel like, at the same time, like when, when he says that line, because that's, like, way earlier in the movie, and he's like, yeah, join my band. We're bad, because you, you're bad. And that, like, I, I took that as, like, oh, we're a punk band, so it doesn't matter if you play good or not. And, he, and then that Moby, he says the line, they're here, they're bad, they're shit. <laughs> And I liked that line, and but that set me up for, like, he's going to play bad, but it doesn't matter. And why does it matter to him? He knows he doesn't play the drums. Why is he sensitive about it? Like, I'm not a drummer. Like, you knew that going in. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that either. <laughs> a, a guy comes up to you and says, hey, do you play drums? And you say no. And he says, well, join my band. What do you think's going to happen at your first gig? Because, like, he doesn't, they don't go to practice or anything. He's just like, oh yeah, I'm in a band now. If that, yeah, if that was me, I wouldn't have any emotional investment in the poor quality of my playing because I would have anticipated it being of poor quality. 
I know. I would get up on stage and be like, oh, hey, guys, you know I don't play drums, right? Boom, boom, chicky, boom, 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 chick. Yay. What, what's going on? No, he does. He goes like boom, boom. Like, I think he thinks maybe he'll just know how to play drums. Like, he's that stupid. Yeah, I just. Like, he'll learn in the moment. He'll be like, hey, I'm a pretty good drummer. But no, he plays badly. And then everybody laughs at him. And he's like, oh, oh no, I'm embarrassed. I, again, I just, I feel like there's something going on with this movie. It just doesn't seem to be coming together. Uh, <laughs> but I got, I don't have a lot of notes. Uh, we skipped. I have no notes. We skipped some things. I, I did kind of like the performances of the two thugs, the recurring thugs who try to get him out of his apartment. Uh, I thought they were all right. I like, I don't know. For some reason, I like that they seemed like they straddled the line between like a legitimate threat and kind of goofy comedy thugs. Like, they, it made sense. Like, isn't we always asking that? Like, why are you, as the mobster, killing people that owe him money? Or, but these guys, they're killing him to get him out of the apartment. But that was also part of, like, the Kafka thing. Like, they can just flagrantly murder people and nobody says anything because there are no cops. So, that was, again, leading me to my conclusion that this was a brilliant reference to a classic work. <laughs> um, you, you do remember that there's a, a big sequence of this movie that involves him trying to find as much shit as he can, right? But that's a larger metaphor for the film because it's it's trying to collect the shit of cinema in one film. Um, it's a meta I, joke. I, I have nothing more to say about Joe's apartment except um can you explain to me because like I said I was I, I instantly checked out every time the roaches were on screen. Can you explain to me how the roaches connect to anything that was happening in the Jerry O'Connell love story cuz I did they can how 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 do they intersect? Well, we should say. I mean, I guess we do. We need to describe the plot of Joe's apartment. Guy named Joe goes to New York. The only apartment apartment he can afford is a rent controlled one where a lady dies and he pretends to be her her son so he can live there. But it's infested with super intelligent roaches that can talk and sing and do a bunch of crazy shit. And at first he's like messy and shitty, so he's like, "Ah, eh, fine, whatever, roaches." Uh, but then he hates them because yeah, he gets a date with this girl that he's got a crush on. And this is where maybe I missed a beat because, like, he's there and he says, like, hey, roaches, you better not interfere with my date. And then he brings her in and they're around, but they're sort of in the background and they're trying to, like, I think they're trying to help him because they like him because he's messy. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. But then what happened? Because did they just fall down and land on them? Because, like, after that date, she's, like, disgusted and she runs out and she blames him. Whereas, I mean, I know it's his apartment, whatever, but, like, if that happened, I would imagine she'd be like, oh, that's just a thing that happened. It's not necessarily your fault. But she's like, that stupid man and his roaches in his apartment? Is that Was that all it was, or was there something else where he co- was seen to have caused that? No, I think maybe it was just, like, I don't know, maybe how could you bring me in here? <laughs> like, I mean, that is a concern, obviously, but it just feels like she's established as the kind of character <clears throat> who would be more understanding about that, but wasn't in the moment. Um, well, and then she isn't. She isn't mad at him for that long, right? I guess not. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, like, get back together, like, two scenes later. Well, no, because I think, because, like, she quits her job, and she's all mean, and she throws away her, turns her, gets rid of her garden, which, weird that she would get rid of her whole garden that she spent a lot of time of just because Jerry O'Connell pissed her off once. Well, I think it's because it caught on fire, right? Did it? Oh, maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, no. I Like, I... <laughs> no, no. I'm not, that was a separate <laughs> garden. Cause, no, that was a different garden. Because he's surprised that it's gone. If it was the fire, then he wouldn't be surprised that it was gone. Oh, and then, okay. Because I, I think... Okay. That was the garden in the alley. 
I like, can I just point out that uh, if anyone's listening to this, you're listening to a podcast uh, about two guys trying to describe a movie they both kind of barely watched. I watched it at three <laughs> o'clock this morning before work. I watched it an hour ago and I can't fucking tell you the plot of this. But no, what I think happened is after the scene where she gets covered in roaches, the thugs burn up the her garden that she was building. And then I think that gets her so despondent that she just kind of loses all hope. But then I think later on there's a scene where he's like, hey, I'm a guy and you're a lady. Let's get together again. And she's like, yeah, okay. No, that's it's um, because the roaches, which is this is where they factor into the plot. Ultimately, they rebuild the garden overnight with their magical roach powers and they invade City Hall to get to alter the deed so that he owns the owns the land. And then she comes and says, oh, my garden is back and it's more beautiful than ever. And oh, my God, roaches. But I guess I guess I'm fine with it now. Uh, okay, then that's what, because there's like a, a five minute chunk at the end that involved the roaches. And like I said, every time the fucking roaches were on screen, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not paying any attention to this at all. So I know they wrote out, I love you. So that was it. Okay, the roaches get back together. Okay, so I guess they intersect a little bit. And then what happens at the end? They all just like live together happily ever after? Uh, well, did you not watch the ending? Because they don't just live together I... happily ever after. She's so fine with the roaches that they just start fucking on top of them. I don't remember that. I remember he was in a tub with a roach. And then, like, she comes out of the tub, and he's like, yeah, we're living together. Well, he's staying with her, I guess, until he can find a new place. And then the roaches have come in, but then they see the roaches, and they're like, yeah, the roach. Well, I think they're, they're like, kind of canoodling together, and a roach is on her foot. But this time, she doesn't react like she did. Now she's like, oh, those are the oh, roaches right. that saved my garden. So then they just start rolling around, implying that they're starting to fuck on the, just on the floor, while all the roaches are just crawling around them, like, yeah, let's fuck on top of each other. Let's have a big human roach orgy. Uh, yeah, well, and then I guess that's, that is the logical conclusion to this film. Well, remember, the roaches are have at least human-level intelligence, so they know what's going on. It's not like they're just roaches doing what roaches do. They know that people are fucking on top of them. They're into this. They're part of it. They are consenting, or at least acquiescing to this situation where two humans are fucking on top of them. I, yeah, this... I, I, I did not care for this film. <laughs> it had a Green Day song. I'm a big Green Day fan. Uh, I do remember they had a Green Day song. Um, all right, so since we got, is there anything else? Because I, I actually have, I, uh, I did something yesterday when I was bored. I have a game if you'd like to play it, unless you have anything else to say about Joe's apartment. Uh, well, okay, the only other thing I will say about Joe's apartment, is, just because we, we've been down on the roach element a lot, and that's for good reason. But I think, to me, it's if they leaned into one or the other. If they leaned into all the other kooky characters and not had roaches, or if they leaned into the roaches and made it sort of like, did you ever see Willard? Where the guy controls rats with his mind, and like, yeah. if it was something like that, it was almost more like a horror movie where it's like he gets all these people that fuck with him, and then he learns he can command these roaches, like an army of roaches, and he uses them to get his revenge on them. Like that would have been kind of interesting, I think, because I, I really like the scene at the end where Don Ho and the guys are standing over the manhole, and they're like, they they all come become like this giant <laughs> roach monster. Like, if the movie was more of that shit, I, I probably would have been into it, like as a sci-fi fantasy fan. And I did love that scene because. <laughs> Don Ho and the goons turn into like cartoons for a second when they fall down the manhole. Like their mouths get real big and they drop Looney Tunes yeah. style. That was like the fucking in Ed where like the, the dollar signs just suddenly appear over their eyes for like one scene and it doesn't happen anywhere else in the fucking movie. I know. Like it, it's so like I if you're going to do shit like that in the movie, like you need to do more of it. You can't just at the very end. Oh, I guess you. 
people can become cartoon characters now. Well, again, it feels like something... Put like, in... just make that the theme of your film. Make it super crazy wacky. That's what I'm talking about. Like, just make it in the big city absurd, you know? Make it, like... Set this not in New York City. Set this in, like, a fucking Pee Wee's Playhouse. But it's a, it's another city. thing where it feels like it, it was, you know, uh, post-production. It was just something they put in to make it better, I guess. Not that that right. makes it better, but, you know... <laughs> Some editor's like, hey, man, this movie's pretty shitty, but if we turn Don Ho into a cartoon at the end, I think that'll save it. I don't know. It just smacks of, you know, kind of, you know, post-talk meddling. That's true. Uh, all right. So uh, anything else? Or uh, would you like to play a quick game that I came up no, with? No, I'll definitely play the game because I have nothing else to talk about with Joe's apartment. It sucks. Don't watch it. I don't recommend it at all. Okay. Well, I was listening to uh, the last podcast I we posted um, I, which we talked about common sense media. So I, I kind of went on common sense media. I went in a deep dive Ooh, of it. I, I love I, this already. I went down a little rabbit hole and then I was like, Ooh, this would be a fun game. So I pulled some common sense media, um, warnings about films. The last 100 movies we've watched for this podcast. Okay. And the game is I will read the uh, the sex, romance, and nudity of the film, and you have to guess what movie it is. Oh, no, I, I love the crap out of this. We need to do this every week. Okay, so I'll start with what I think might be an easy one. There are numerous sex scenes, female nudity, implied sex, implied statutory rape, a lot of sexually suggestive behavior, and full frontal male nudity. Full front? When did we see dicks in a movie? Oh, if, if you, you don't remember watching dicks? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't remember ever seeing a dick in a movie. Kevin's Bacon? Oh, fuck! That's right. I forgot that Kevin Bacon showed his dick in Wild Things. You forgot that Kevin Bacon showed his dick in Wild okay, Things? Okay, by, by that I mean I kind of forgot that we watched Wild Things. <laughs> I, can, I can understand forgetting that we watched Wild Things. But I thought full frontal male nudity. I was like, well, the only movie we've ever watched that had a cock in it. No, and I mean, it was, and, and it was good. I mean, I'm not complaining about the Kevin Bacon's cock and wild things. I'm just saying I completely, it left my brain. Uh, this one uh, might be a hard one. I'm not going to be good at any of these, by the way. I'm <laughs> terrible at trivia. I didn't remember this scene in the film, um, but until uh, I, I read this thing and then I was like, oh yeah, that did happen. Uh, sex and nudity in this film. An adult woman visits a 12-year-old boy in the hospital and kisses him full on the lips after he tells her he thinks she's pretty. What the fuck? Did we watch Milk Money for this podcast? <laughs> no. Do you remember a movie where an adult woman kisses a 12-year-old boy? I kind of forgot this scene existed, too. Uh, the, wo the, woman, uh, the adult woman in question is an SNL alum. And in this film, she had ample cleavage. Oh, uh, no, it would have been Clue. wouldn't have been Colleen Camp. No. Nope. Uh, well, she wasn't SNL. Um, ample cleavage. Do you remember Sarah Silverman? No, I don't. In the Book of Henry. I, I mean, I don't. I remember the movie. I don't remember this scene at all. I don't remember you a don't kid remember in the hospital. Henry, when he goes in the hospital and then all of a sudden Sarah Silverman's like, you know, I've always loved you. And it gets kind of like weirdly sexual. Oh, I thought you got to watch the book of Henry. Again. I thought you said at the end of the movie, because like he dies in like the first act. Yeah, he, it, that, that happens like in the middle of the movie. OK, no, I, for some reason, I thought you said the end of the movie. I was like, when did a kid end up in the hospital at the end of the movie? I was thinking like, did somebody fucking 
Mac on Haley Joel Osment and Bogus? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, okay, well, we'll do an easy one. This one you'll definitely. I'm not going to get any of these. I'm telling <laughs> you. But I like the game. Children behave badly towards adults. Oh. Adults behave badly towards children. Language includes sexual reference. Violence is compromised mainly of comic antics and pratfalls. Well, that's one of the problem child movies, I assume. It is not one of the problem child movies. I'll keep reading. Sulky children, crashes and bad roads, mud and rain, wild raccoons, hip-hop bullies. Hip-hop. I was going to say Camp Nowhere, but I don't remember hip-hop bullies. No. Uh, Okay, and then this will give it away. Sewage exploding all over Robin Williams. Hip Oh, okay, hip hop cause they weren't hip hop bullies. They were bullies that were hip hopped against by Robin Williams and his kid. That was R V, obviously. Robin Williams fights them with hip hop. I was thinking like bullies that employed hip hop in their bullying. That's that's just bad writing mm-hmm. on their part. Uh, this one's a, a fairly easy one. Many references to sex acts. A couple of female characters are shown wearing lingerie. Uh, the princess, who has a pimp, says she'll do anything if the price is right. Do you know it yet? Because the next sentence will give it away. Oh, isn't that um, one of the movie movies? Yes, Beowulf's naked rear is visible. Yeah, I think that's epic movie, yeah. Uh, disaster, disaster movie. I mean, I was never going to get the specific movie movie, but I knew it was one of those. Because <laughs> it was the girl that I, I that I found kind of annoying. She was like, I think she turned out to just be like a crackhead, but she was a princess for some reason. Uh, what? She was a crackhead. Oh, well, you know, I, I don't know. Wasn't that was, a reveal I, at the end? She's like eating glass and she's like, yeah, I just smoke a lot of crack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, don't make me, don't remind me of fucking disaster movie. Uh, all right. This movie has an extensive and fairly explicit long scene in a brothel. It's not diamonds, is it? <laughs> it's diamonds. <laughs> Um, yeah, I fucking don't make me remember fucking <laughs> diamonds and his fucking shirtless, big, fat fucking tits. But, uh, thank you, by the way, for bringing this game to the episode that almost certainly would have been our shortest episode, if not for this game. <laughs> All right, how about this one? Men and women look equally bad. Hispanic characters show up as maids or drug dealers. This movie is a parade of labored sex gags and trashy bathroom humor. One joke involves amputated testicles. Amputated testicles? I was going to say the pest, but I don't remember amputated testicles. You don't remember a movie with, that had a scene with amputated testicles? Oh, oh, just, oh Tomcats, obviously. Tomcats. I, I would say, I was so, you said Mexican maid or something, or Spanish maid, and I was like, oh, that must be the pest. And then I wasn't thinking uh, David Ogden's tears eats a testicle. Yeah, I don't, I... <laughs> I remember why I pulled this review specifically, because the first thing, men and women look equally bad. Hispanic characters show up as maids or I don't agree with that at all. I think the men look way worse. I Yeah, well, I mean, Shannon Elizabeth, she falls in love with fucking Jerry O'Connell and dumbass. So, I mean, she I guess that makes her look bad. But I don't remember the Hispanic characters. But I do like the common sense media is also like, yeah, no, like this movie's like, you know, fucking... Portraying stereotypes as well as showing <laughs> amputated testicles, like they're more, they're equally upset as the at the racism in Tomcats as they are the amputated testicles. I I guess I mean I don't know. I feel like I mean is it just me that even in even in light of that, I still assume that most of the people that go to Common Sense Media for their their actual opinions on things 
probably didn't mind the Spanish stereotypes. <laughs> that would be a plus. Like On the plus side, there are some Hispanic characters in maid roles where they belong. But I didn't care for all the sex jokes that go against my religion. I I didn't like the pest when he was pooping and vomiting and, you know, fucking everything. But, you know, just the fact that it seemed to hate Mexicans as much as I do. Five stars. Uh, all right, here's another one. The little girl knows way too much about sex and boasts about it. The little girl knows way too much about sex and boasts about it. The little girl is the main little girl. Curly Sue? Curly Sue. Yeah. I don't remember her knowing a lot about sex, but I'll, I'll take I your word for remember. it. It's, she had to. I mean, I do remember. She was definitely her. wise beyond her years, and that was the point. Yes. Yeah. Her character was written like an adult, but I don't specifically remember a lot of sex in that. A brief farcical demonstration of the human reproductive system using plastic body parts. Some beefcake photographs of men. One overblown kiss. And Junior takes pictures of nuns undressing and a priest sitting on a toilet. Oh, well, that's, that's Problem Child. <laughs> that is Problem Child. I don't, I don't remember the, yeah, the, the, the demonstration with the sex thing. I don't either, but I, I do like... I, do you think they're upset that the nuns and priests were sitting on the toilet? I guess, because you're thinking of their, their pantsless bodies and their, their swinging priest dicks. That's true. That would not be, yeah, that would not be good. All right, and then this is the last one I pulled. The FBI has racially diverse agents working well together, but the female agent complains of not being treated equally. There are sexist and anti-gay comments and some very vulgar language. I'm going to assume Corky Romano? That is Corky Romano. Okay, I got better as it went. Okay, I'm glad about that. Alright, now that is the last one that I had. (laughs) The Common Sense Media Game. No, we, we should play that again. That was good. Uh, Alright, so anything else about Joe's apartment? Okay, well I guess it's my pick for next week. And uh, so, last week we watched the Sarah Jessica Parker episode because Juliette Lewis was supposed to... Oh, I fucking forgot! God damn it, we're watching the other sister! Fuck you! So, okay, I, I will say, the other sister sounds like a really great idea, or it could be a really... Bad idea. I don't want to push you on anything. I don't want to influence your decision. If you want to watch The Other Sister, we're watching The Other Sister. I don't... Don't let my utter distaste for the idea sway you in any way. Well, I had two choices. It was between The Other Sister and another uh, choice. Uh, the other choice was... And this is SNL related. Because uh, you, you remember in the early days when they would all dress up like bees? Yeah, I get. You know? I'm not um, watching Bee Movie. <laughs> Have you ever seen The Swarm? No, I've heard you talk about it as like one of the worst movies you've ever seen. I believe it's like Irwin Allen's last movie or one of his last movies. Yeah, I haven't seen it since I was very little because I, when I like probably when I was like 10 or 11 years old, I fell in love with the Poseidon Adventure. And then I just watched like Airport Towering and I watched all of them. And I remember The Swarm being like, oh, this is the stupid one. I mean, I'm up for it. I'm always up for a, a fun when animals attack movie. I'm, my concern is that we won't have much to talk about relative to the other sister, where I feel like whether we like it or hate it, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, wait, we'll have a lot to talk about the other sister? I think with the, the other swarm? sister, we'll have way more to talk about. With the swarm, it's probably just going to be a really bad Killer B movie. 
Uh, yeah, but I think I, there's probably going to be like cheap special effects because it was like late seventies. So I, I think it's a a fun B movie. Um, but the other sister, like this, Gary Marshall directed this. We've watched Homer and Eddie. Like it feels like we need to watch the I, other. Sister. I will agree, and I think that'll be the more fun podcast. I will say I will probably get more enjoyment out of even a bad disaster movie just because I really like disaster movies. That's one of my favorite genres. Uh, so I, you know, it's a matter of like, you know, ease of access versus, you know, entertaining the audience, which do we care more about? You know, I think other, the other sister will probably be funnier as a podcast. I think they'd both be good podcasts. I think the swarm would be more fun to watch. I mean, it's up to, it's your choice. I will go with either of those. Either of those, I think I will get something out of. All right. Well, I'll keep the swarm, uh, about killer bees, which was an SNL sketch on my list uh but yeah let's we already watched the sarah jessica parker episode let's watch the other sister next week. i feel like if bees and bees is enough of a connection then jerry o'connell also being in tomcats was enough of a connection for joe's apartment i feel like you were you were kind of uh, fucking with me for he, picking a movie that had nothing to do with snl uh that doesn't have anything to do with snl at, <laughs> that has something to do with as much as bees and bees let's fucking watch b movie uh, I, yeah, I couldn't. I was trying to figure out a way to connect Joe's apartment to SNL, but I I could not. <laughs> hey, was that Peppa too? Was Peppa in the movie? I thought that too. I didn't look it up, but yeah, the, the her best friend at the at the complaint department looked a lot like Peppa from Salt and Peppa, which she was relevant at the time in the mid '90s. So it wouldn't surprise me that she was in movies. Well, I, well, and it, if if that was Peppa, then that's the SNL connection because Salt and Peppa was the musical guest of the Patrick Stewart episode of season 19. So there's the SNL connection for Joe's apartment. Ladies and gentlemen, salt and Peppa! It all comes back to Do you Peppa. think she's credited as Peppa, or is she credited as what her actual name? Because I don't know her actual name. Uh, uh, she's probably like uh, Christine Peppa Brown. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I, okay, so we're, we're settling on the other sister then. Yes, the other sister next week. I... I I like that idea now. We always like the idea when we present the idea. It's after we have to watch the... I liked the idea of Joe's apartment last week or two weeks ago, whatever the fuck when we thought about it, or when I thought about it. I'm not going to blame you for that at all. But yeah, now I fucking hate Uh, myself. Okay, well, um, and I'm just looking on the... I just looked on the IMDb to confirm. That was Peppa. Peppa and Don Ho in the same movie. Why doesn't anyone talk about Joe's apartment these days? I don't know. Maybe because Peppa and Don Ho were well, in it. Does the IMDb page in the trivia mention the the obvious adroit reference to Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis? <laughs> Not until you update it. I don't. I don't think I have an account. I can't. Can I just update IMDb and just say this movie's based on Franz Kafka? Uh, you can log in with your Google. Oh, right, I think I might do that. Alright, so the other sister next week. I, just a prediction. If I do update IMDb with that trivia, how long do you think it'll take the moderators to realize there's fake trivia on Joe's apartment? Uh, I don't know, because, like, you'd be surprised how quickly stupid shit gets taken down. We made a Wikipedia article for our public access show, and it got taken down, and I'm like, why? Who's that fucking hurting? <laughs> uh.
Like, why are you going to take this off and then the air? I, well, after I update it on IMDb, I'll update the, the note for Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis. And this was adapted into film in the, in the mid-90s as Joe's apartment. Yeah, that's what you do. You edit the, you edit the novelpedia of, of Metamorphosis. <sighs> and just go, for further reading, watch Joe's apartment. But just the bug seeds. None of that Don Ho shit. Alright, so next week, The Other Sister. Do you th- How problematic, before we watch The Other Sister, how problematic do you think I mean, come on. Be? It's like, you might as well watch I Am Sam. I mean, Jesus Christ. For people who don't know The Other, the other Sister, it's Gary Marshall directing a movie where two people who are not mentally challenged in any way play mentally challenged people who fall in love. It's, oh. I mean, I have Bill on his own on my list as well. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever heard. That's uh, Mickey Rooney. Yeah. With Mickey Rooney, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. This is gonna be, I think it's gonna be a rough sit, just as on a cringe level, and also just on a it's a Gary Marshall movie level. I know. Just remember that when you're watching this movie, like I don't think I would pick the other sister if it wasn't a Gary Marshall movie. Just remember when you're watching the other sister. This is the director of Exit to Eden. Dear God. And young doctors in love handling mental retardation. And it's weird because like half his movies are like, Gary Marshall did that. And then the other half are like New Year's Eve or whatever, like just fucking shitty romantic comedies. Like, I don't know. Where was his impulse to be like, I want to take on a challenge. I want to make a movie about two mentally challenged people. Uh, All right. So I guess stay tuned for that next week. Till we see you again. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up.